0: I've been envisioning this episode for over a year. Today, we are exploring marriage and how to have a thriving relationship with a very important guest, my husband, Joe Burke. This topic is critical for entrepreneurs and business professionals because what happens in our personal lives can impact our businesses, and what happens in our businesses can impact our personal lives. As high school sweethearts who have navigated multiple moves, a frequent work travel schedule, the launch of a business right before the pandemic, and ambitious goals, we've made a lot of mistakes, we've learned a lot, and ultimately, we have grown significantly as a couple. In addition to being my best friend and husband... Joe runs a golf company in Southern California. He is wicked smart with numbers and able to separate the emotions from business decisions, so I consider him one of my business mentors. Welcome, Joe.
1: Hey, Kristen, thanks for having me. I know you've been looking forward to this for a year now. I've been dodging it for a year now, so (laughs) here goes nothing. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Well, thanks for finally saying yes. Uh, I'm really curious. After a year of me asking you to come on this podcast, what motivated you to finally say yes?
1: I'd have to go back and look at that email when that came through. I'm pretty sure was at a time of night that I would not have said yes otherwise, but uh might have been. No, I think more than anything, you know, I've I've watched you grow over the past couple years and I know how dedicated you are to your podcast, and I know this has been a topic you've been dying to discuss. So I figured, you know what, uh, like everybody in in due time, we all cave and and here I am today.
0: I hope that our listeners are hearing the power of perseverance and that the first time you get a no is not the final time you get a no. So keep asking if there's something that you want. And I appreciate you mentioning seeing my business growth and everything I've poured into this podcast, because without a doubt, you are one of my biggest cheerleaders and biggest supporters. Let's go back to the beginning. And how did we first meet?
1: I, I don't know if we, as when we first met. I remember when I first saw you. We were in high school. We were in the commons. And uh, I remember looking over and seeing this super attractive blonde. She was short. She was petite. She was just absolutely stunning. Uh, You had on a green hooded drill team sweatshirt and uh, some black, as I call them, warm-up pants. But I just remember seeing you and I thought you were just absolutely gorgeous. And uh, lo and behold, uh, maybe two days later, uh, I'm at your house picking you up with my best friend who was dating you at the time. So (laughs) talk about random coincidences. He was dating you for Couple days or weeks—I I really don't remember, to be honest with you. And uh, I remember dropping you off one night after we were all out together. And he asked me what I thought about you, and I was very honest. I said I think she's a huge nerd, and I—I uh, <laughs> I still think she is, but uh, she's pretty special. So I—I told him I said, "Yeah, I think you're probably better off just moving on without this one." And uh, a couple of days later, when he said he was no longer dating you, I remember going to a payphone at a hotel and. Giving you a call just to kind of say hello and introduce myself. Uh, I certainly did not have the courage uh, back then that I have now to do that on my own. I had a friend give me a hint that maybe you had uh, noticed me as well. And that kind of pushed it forward because without that, there's no chance I was approaching someone that was as beautiful as you were back then.
0: You're so sweet. And I had a really difficult time when that uh, ex boyfriend of mine just stopped talking to me. I couldn't figure it out. And it's, incredible to look back all these years later. That was part of your plan, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I can be pretty persuasive when I want something. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't get told no a whole lot.
0: I remember seeing you at high school house parties, and I remember you would always be sitting in the corner, and you would usually be flicking a gum wrapper at people, but I I thought you were hot. And when this ex-boyfriend decided to stop talking to me, I went to one of my best friends and said, hey, I, I think Joe Burke is really hot. And she happened to be dating one of your soccer teammates at the time. So is that the person you got the hint from?
1: Oh, for sure. It is me sitting in the corner being quiet and flicking stuff was definitely my uh, horrific way of trying to flirt with you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely did not have the confidence, like I said back then, as I have now. So it's a, a whole different ball game. Just like this situation here, just too too cool for school, and tried to avoid it in any way I could as far as a, having a conversation goes. So we eventually conquer our fears. Thankfully, I conquered that fear and had the ability to talk to you then. And here we are again today, doing it all over.
0: I am beyond grateful for the way that things have played out, because at this point, we've been married over a decade, we've been together over two decades, we've built a really incredible life together. We share the good moments and the good memories, but it it hasn't always been easy. How do you think that a couple can learn to grow together over the years?
1: You know, it's a good question. And I kind of laugh because I I think most people that know us decently or even a lot probably think that our marriage is absolutely just perfect, right? And it's just easy and it's effortless because we're just two people that uh, are unwilling to give up at the things we want. As far as telling people how to grow together, I don't think there's a secret recipe behind it. I think it's how much you're willing to give each other. If you're willing to... uh, put the other person forward every day and you're willing to try and think and understand what they're going through on a daily basis, then I think you have the opportunity to have some success in a relationship without really being able to sacrifice your needs and wants first for the other person. I don't think you really have a chance, but if you're willing to do that, then I think you have the ability to grow together. And I think more than anything, you just got to have an open mind. That's probably the most important thing, because as you and I both know that no two days are alike, we don't know what each other went through during the day, what we're going to go through the next day, what we're preparing for, so on and so forth. And if you're willing to have an open mind and understand that everybody's built differently. And if you're willing to work towards having a good relationship, I guess, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but if you're willing to make sacrifices for the other person. And that person's willing to make sacrifices for you. Cause that's ultimately what it is. It's people sacrificing to make other people happy. And if you can do that enough for each other and and grow together that way, I think ultimately it's going to be a, a lot of fun in the long run.
0: I think it's about wanting to put effort into your relationship. I entered into our marriage and thought, oh, okay, now we're, we're married. We made it. We started in high school and made it all these years we got married. And then that was the point where we needed to make more effort to understand one another, like you said, to sacrifice for one another. It's effort, it's sacrifice, it's communication. And I think over the last couple of years, our ability to communicate with one another has improved dramatically. And communicate not only from a standpoint of sharing what's on my mind, you sharing what's on your mind, but communicating to truly understand one another. I think that's been pivotal for us lately.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, and I, I got to give you most of the praise in that way because my form of communication usually is closing my mouth, putting in a headset, burying my head in my phone, and just not communicating whatsoever. Absolutely, the way that I want to get through it, and and I still have to do that sometimes because as much as I take the emotion out of most things in life, I definitely still have a lot of emotions. And sometimes I just need a minute to decompress or analyze the situation. Kristen knows, and, and I'm sure everybody listening to this that works with her, uh, she knows how to push the right buttons and she loves to put people on the spot. And I hate that. I mean, I hate it with a capital H and more than anything is because for me, I just always like to be in control of the situation and I like to be prepared. And from that aspect, the right off the tongue on the spot questions of how would you do this? Where would you do this? What do you see this looking like for me are just tough. And so that's why for me, when I would get really quiet That was my way of being able to analyze a situation before I made a, a, a drastic decision. And I think that's important. And we all deal with it differently. Some days are just better than others. And obviously the days that you're going to events or you're going out to fancy dinners or going on trips, those days in your relationships are fantastic, right? And everybody's relationships work in those situations. It's the other days that Do not the days that are hard, the days that you have a bad day at work or you had a bad day driving or your kids are driving you bananas, whatever it might be. We all have those bad days and it's in those days that you have to learn to communicate to be able to get through them to work towards those other days that are just so much better.
0: Are you enjoying this episode and feeling encouraged to take the next step towards maximizing your potential? Don't let that energy pass you by. Goal achievers consistently take action to achieve great success. Grab your free breakout plan right now at kristenburke.com to begin your journey today. It was incredibly helpful when I learned how differently we each process and communicate I think out loud. If I'm dealing with a frustration or if we are having a little bit of conflict, I want to talk out loud about it. And I want to talk about it over and over and over again until it makes sense in my mind. I had to learn that you are much more of an internal processor and that when you go quiet, it doesn't mean that I did anything wrong or that I said anything wrong, but that's your way of processing. And then I think you've also had to uh, understand that sometimes I'm going to repeat myself over and over because I'm still working it out and you want to talk about it once and be done. So we've had to learn how to work within one another's uh, preferred communication styles.
1: For sure. And everybody's different and every day is different. Once again, some days we're more vocal and it's easier. I know for you when I want to hash it out that way. And some days I'm like, nope, this is not happening today. We all have our moments. We're all very different people and different people day to day. So we just have to, once again, keep an open mind to understand what people are trying to deal with. But I agree. We've definitely gotten better with our communication. I don't think it's perfect, but you know, what is?
0: Another part of communication is also learning to communicate your expectations. And something that was really huge for me that you shared is you let me know you don't want to talk about business all the time. I'm very passionate about what I do. I'm building a business and I'm an out loud processor. I want to talk about business. I want to work on my business. I literally could have every dinner conversation centered around how do I keep growing my business and making a bigger impact. And it was so helpful for you to tell me when I get home, I want to turn it off and not always talk about business. And so how do you think... Couples can learn how to communicate their expectations more clearly without hurting one another's feelings.
1: Not exactly like this, but I I, I know in the past you and I have scheduled times to talk about business and I I don't think that is... The end all solution every time because it gets a little funky when you're just like on a calendar. Here's our time, and we're going to talk about business and nothing else because inevitably it's going to come up. And we certainly have a unique situation that we're both running in demand businesses right now, and we have a lot of people that depend on us and and that we're working with. And our calendars are full. I mean, we get done with our days, and we both want to decompress but we both need to just vomit on each other. And so it gets tough because we don't necessarily have time or energy to want to listen to the other person. And so I I guess the answer to that question is you got to make the time one way or the next. If if you don't, it's going to keep getting drug out and it's going to keep getting repeated, which is horrible. And it's not going to go away. You've got to make the time. And I don't think, like I said, it's Okay. Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 6 PM. But I do think that at least once a week, if you have some dedicated time to simply give each other enough time to talk mm-hmm. and, and go over what they need to get off their chest uh, with business, personal, whatever it might be, that's great. And then try to let it flow throughout the week. But more importantly, and I, I don't think I've ever communicated this with you is I, I don't mind talking about it, but I like progress when we talk about stuff. I'm definitely an internal person, but for me, I'm okay with having the same conversations as long as there's progress with them. And so what I mean by that is if we've talked about something you want to talk about the next conversation, we can recap it, but I also need the next step. I need to see that you're working on it or I'm working on it or whatever. We're, we're moving the ball forward per se. And, and I think that would have a lot more impact on me being more open and willing to having conversations. And I, I would imagine that for most people, cause nobody likes a broken record.
0: Well, that's fair. And that uh, provides uh, some accountability for me because sometimes I want to keep talking about it because you didn't give me the answer that I wanted. (laughs) And I figure if I keep talking about it, I'm going to get a different answer. But I usually just create frustration. So we're, we're learning that with one another.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Lots of frustration.
0: I think that's another key to having a successful relationship or a thriving marriage is to recognize there are going to be moments of frustration. And that was something, Joe, that I had to learn is I had to learn to get comfortable with conflict. In my past, conflict was always a bad thing and it was very dramatic for us to be able to get to where we are today. We've had to learn how to have conflict and how to uh, share what's on our mind and communicate our expectations and push back with one another and trust that we'll still be there and and our relationship will be okay.
1: For sure. And we have a ton of conflict. I kind of laugh about our relationship all the time. We're two very different people. We've been together forever and everybody I'm sure thinks that we have all these similarities and all these common interests. And I think our one common interest is just each other. We try to make it work for each other, but we have a lot of conflicts and boy, back in the day did those conflicts last forever. Some of those conflicts would last a week, three days, two days. We'd have the conversation and then there wouldn't be another one for a while. And uh, now we have a conversation about it. Uh, We try to understand each other's side of the equation. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But ultimately, either way, we just kind of laugh about it and and move it forward. And I think that's the most important thing is that conflicts are always going to be there they're inevitable and you're going to have them hopefully less days than more, but when you have them, just understand and appreciate it. See what you can do to make it better for both of you and, and then just keep moving it forward.
0: Well, we actually have another common interest these days, golf.
1: I've been in the industry for, wow, I got to do that math. Um, 20, what is that number? 25 years. Wow. So 25 years I've been around the golf world and, uh, I think I've tried to get you to play golf in the first 10 years. I tried to get you to play golf all the time. It's been a, a good common interest. I'm a little afraid of you. You definitely had more birdies than I did yesterday. And at some point in time, I'm pretty sure you're going to start beating me, which is not fantastic, but it is what it is. But no, the golf's been, golf's been a lot of fun. It's been a, a great common interest for us. It's it's probably the first real common interest thing we've had in a long time. And that doesn't mean that we don't both enjoy things. We both like to dance and we both like to binge out on the couch and watch a, a TV show and one night sitting. We, we have a lot of things we like to do and a lot of things we like to do together, but really nothing on that level. And it's been a lot of fun. I have definitely enjoyed my days in the office, working to get more people into golf more that I've seen the enthusiasm on your side because I've never really got to experience that. I've seen it from the retail side and I see it from my side, but I've never had that new introduction to a golfer and have it take off the way it has for you. And so it's, it's really motivated me on my end to be more involved and, and do a lot more for the, the golf community.
0: And I think it's been a great thing for our relationship going back to prioritizing and sacrificing for one another. And by no means am I saying playing golf is a sacrifice. It's, it's far from it. But it was a way for me to learn more about your business and your industry. And I had to learn it all from scratch. I had to learn how you keep score. I had to learn what clubs, and I'm still trying to figure out what club goes with what distance. And I don't need a driver when it's 120 yards away. I'm learning all that. But it's been really great for me to be interested in what you
1: do. I agree. And pre-pandemic, I traveled nonstop. And everybody used to always ask, what was the key to success for our relationship. And I, I kind of joke, but I said it was time apart. We we're both very strong, independent people. And, and we got to spend a lot of great time together, but we also had our own space. When it first started, we're living in downtown and we had two bedrooms and we had a five-year-old that was doing kindergarten and you were starting your business and you're on top of each other just nonstop. And that was tough. We had to find a, a, a way to reacclimate ourselves with spending so much time together. We just really weren't used to it. It had been 10 plus years where we had spent this much time together. And I think golf has given us that right out that no matter what kind of week we're having or what kind of day we're having, we just, we look forward to our Friday golf and, uh, may or may not go to happy hour afterwards every time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's usually a may. I think another important concept is the ebb and the flow of a relationship. There are so many times in our relationship where we're in, in sync and things feel like they're moving in the right direction, we're in this natural groove, and then all of a sudden we we start to pull apart a little bit. And it's usually when one person starts growing or one person starts thinking differently. And it takes a little bit of time, but the other person starts to grow and then we're back on that path of being in alignment. Um, How has that framework helped in our relationship?
1: It's really our entire life together. Again, we love to be together and we have a lot of fun when we're together, but we're two very different people. I almost kind of call it like a rubber band. We kind of rubber band each other back together in a number of different ways. One of them is because we found the new common interest like golf and the other is because we're just so competitive. We wanna be better than the other individual. We wanna impress the other individual. I think we still have that fight to try to impress the other person in the relationship, which I think is a is a good thing. We've never really given up trying to impress the other one and and make their life and, and our life better on a daily basis. And I think back all the way to high school, all of the the different roads we've taken and all the different paths. I was a year older than you in high school. So you know, inevitably I was out of high school and into college before you and neither one of us would drink at a young age. So I remember in college, I'm working at the golf store and I'm up early and working 50 hours a week and accountable for a dozen employees. And you started your college process and you went about it much differently and you were going to school and living on campus and finding those penny pictures, but you were going through that phase of your life, learning how to party and 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 be a young adult. And, and I was doing the complete opposite. I was working and trying to get ahead and going my path that way. And then as soon as you got out of school and got a job working, you were the one that had to get up early and you were teaching spin classes and working out and you know, running the nine to five. Then I had established myself and where I was going with my business. And I kind of let loose a little bit and started to have a drink every now and again for the first time when I was 25, 26 years old. So, once again, we're kind of running polar opposites. And at the end of the day, you know, all the way from high school to college to your early business career to mine and, and to where we are today, it, we motivate each other and we're competitive against each other, but we ultimately, We want to succeed for each other. Everybody always asks, how did we end up in LA? How did we end up in Las Vegas? And it's opportunity. We're a team and it's a team effort and we fight for the best opportunity. And and it's fun to have someone that is as motivated as you are and is driven because I feel like I am as well to be on my team because we fight hard for what we want. And so far we've managed to get most things and it's just because we, we push each other on a daily basis. And I don't think without you that I'd be anywhere near where I'm at today. I mean, it went all the way back to high school. when I remember you kind of giving me some crap because I had bad grades and you were a 4.0 student. I'm thinking, is she serious right now? This is high school. I can get a 4.0 here in my sleep if I wanted to. And, and you are like, but you don't. <laughs> so next semester I had a 4.0. And uh, I, I think from there, I was like, okay, she's going to keep me on my toes and she's going to push me and motivate me. And you know, I, I hope in some way, shape or form you have that little push as well for me to to keep you on your toes and keep you at your best as well. I think your clients will agree that we all need a little motivation here and there. We need someone to hold us accountable because great of individuals as we all think we are, and most days we are, we all need help.
0: When I invited you to come onto this show, I didn't expect to hear all of the compliments and all the wonderful things that you have said. So thank you for everything that you've shared uh, so far. And also, I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for you. You have always provided me with a level of safety and a level of security, and we have a ton of fun together. You are my biggest supporter. And I thank you for that from the bottom of my heart. I would not have started my business if it wasn't for you and for your support. And you were the one who believed more in me than I believed in myself. You were the one who encouraged me to take the leap. And you also were the one who said, it's going to be okay, we'll figure it out. So what advice do you have for our listeners who might be in a similar situation? How can you support your partner starting a business and how can you learn to adjust to a new lifestyle with an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, it's so different for everybody. I I think it was extremely easy for me. We have a lot of history together. I could see your work ethic. Your work ethic is second to none from what I know. And so I knew from that aspect that it was going to be very simple for you to start a business maybe not grow a business because you just don't know what's on the other side. You don't know what the next day brings, but ultimately you have to take that risk. You just got to put your feet in the water and and see how it feels. I'm not a grass is greener on the other side kind of a person, but I think that there's always a lot of bigger, better opportunities out there if you're willing to open your eyes and see them and look for them and then to put the work in. So I, I think if you're asking for advice for someone on my side of it, to someone whose spouse is trying to start a business, just support because the, the days are tough anyways, and, and they don't need you to make it any more difficult. So be as enthusiastic as you can be and try to give advice. It's solicited. If it's not, stay out of it. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to mind your own business. But uh, it's such a tough question to answer, Kristen, quite honestly, because I, everybody's so different.
0: You did mention support. And support can look different for different people. A lot of times support for me is listening to me. And as we've joked, listening to me say the same thing over and over and over until I process exactly how I want to fix it or how I want to move forward. But support could also be ordering the groceries or taking care of dinner. Support could be going for a walk. Support is really so personal if a a spouse or a partner isn't sure how to support, have a conversation. Ask. Don't be afraid of not having all the perfect answers. Sometimes you might have to try different things until you find the thing that really resonates and that really helps the other person. But the biggest thing is having that desire to help and that desire to make um, the other person's life a little bit easier.
1: For sure. And I love that you said that. And as we talked this whole time about our communication just gets better and better. And, and you've mentioned a lot of that stuff to me before that I just handle. I don't necessarily handle them because that's what I thought you needed to have support to run your business and to, to grow it. Things like ordering dinner and having groceries delivered and so on and so forth. I just do those because those are things that I feel like I'm okay at doing and I can get off your plate, right? You carry a lot of weight on your shoulders all day anyways. So I just try to get those things off of your shoulders and have less stress for you to be able to focus on the things you need to focus on. But I think you hit the nail on the head Is guys, at least not me anyways. And I think most of us are the same way. We're probably not going to ask the question. We're more of a do and ask for forgiveness kind of people, or I'm kind of a do and ask for forgiveness kind of a guy, I should say. Uh, but hearing what you just said there with support makes so much sense because communication is the most important piece of it because there's so many things that we can do to support our spouses who are trying to run a business that we don't even know or we don't even know we do like you mentioned with me, just ordering dinners because I don't cook or having groceries delivered. So that can save us time. But you communicating those things to me now and me knowing that those are helpful and supportive, I think is great. And I I think that would be a big step in a lot of people's relationships when they're trying to start a business is tell your spouse what levels of support you want, uh, what levels of support you expect and what levels of support you need You know, they're all very different things. And I think your spouse can probably tell you up front what things that they can actually truly give you, and then you can build around it. Yeah.
0: It's about, again, communicating those expectations and and recognizing even after being together for over two decades, we still are not able to read one another's minds. It's up to us to communicate our needs and our expectations.
1: For sure. And after 25 years, we still think the other person can read each other's minds, but we do yeah. our best to uh, still communicate here and there.
0: I'm usually right.
1: Uh huh. See <laughs> how <laughs> that worked, everybody? Just agree and support. <laughs>
0: As we wrap up our conversation, I want to go back to the one topic that you mentioned, that relationships can feel easier in the good times. You're going out, you're spending great time together, you might be traveling together. And this takes me back to a conversation you and I had last year. And you said something that was so eye-opening. You said, fight for the good days. What does it mean to fight for the good days?
1: You know, Nothing happens overnight. Businesses don't grow and just show up overnight. You've got to put in the groundwork in order to have successes in life. And successes are all measured differently by different people. Uh, but when it comes to the relationship, it's work. It's a full-time job, right? We're tiptoeing around each other's wants and needs every single day, trying to navigate our lives to make sure that they're great for us, but also great for each other. And I think if you remember in those tough situations, in those tough moments, just take a deep breath, reflect on where you've been in life, what you've done together, all the things you've accomplished, and think of those good days or those great days and continue to fight for them i think you're going to be a lot happier because so many people like to dwell on the negatives of a relationship and yes there is always going to be a few and no you're not always going to fix what the other person wants we all have our our little nitpicky things but if we let those things build up too much and we forget how great in the moment things can be that You just can't forget how good things can actually be. You have to fight for those good days. You have to put in the groundwork and the day-to-day work to have those moments, let's call it, that are spectacular, whether it be trips or business success or um, just a a great day on the golf course with a fantastic dinner and an amazing sunset and good conversation. Those are all good days. It doesn't have to be a... Uh, a measurable thing. It's just something that in your mind that went right for the day.
0: It makes me think that we get to choose. Do we want to focus on all of the things our partners do that annoy us or that frustrate us or that bother us? Or do we want to focus on all the things that our partner does that are right or that are loving or that they they do for us? I mean, we get to pick which one are we going to focus on? Because look, we all have our quirks. We all think we're pretty fantastic, but then you start living with another human being and those quirks get amplified. Choose. Are you going to focus on the negative or focus on the positive? And I can tell you from my experience, the more that I focus on the positive and the things that I love about you and the things that I appreciate about you and the things that I feel incredibly grateful for, the better the relationship gets, in my opinion.
1: I think... When it comes to focusing on the positive things, yes, you absolutely have to, um, but without completely ignoring the negatives as well. They should definitely be brought to light and you should definitely have communication about them and and make a, an, an effort to accommodate, right, to appease the other person. This is probably my biggest um, issue with a lot of relationships that I hear about. And I try not to stick my nose where it doesn't belong. But in so many times in relationships, you hear about people trying to change the other person. And for me, at least in my world, that's never going to work. I'm never going to change. I'm always going to be stubborn. I'm going to do exactly what I want to do. And that's what's going to make me happy. But I can absolutely listen understand, appreciate, and make an effort as much as possible to also understand your wants and needs and try to work towards a spot or a space where you're happy with our relationship as well.
0: I think that is an incredible place to wrap up this conversation and that insight you just shared, Joe, around it's not about trying to change the other person but it's about listening and seeking to understand and putting in that effort. Effort has come up a lot in our conversation today. Joe, thank you for coming on to today's show for sharing some of our history, for giving our listeners a glimpse into our marriage and the things that we're doing well, the ways that we're growing, the ways that we've made mistakes. Thank you for your vulnerability and uh, insight in our conversation today.
1: Of course. Anything for you, my love.
0: With that, Goal Achievers, keep celebrating your weekly wins, noting your lessons learned, and identify your priorities for next week so you can consistently pursue progress in the direction of your goals. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you are feeling inspired and want to join the Goal Achievers community, visit my website, kristenburke.com to sign up and get connected. We can also hang out socially on Instagram. Follow me at meet Kristen Burke. Links are in the show notes. Don't forget to rate, review, and share this show. Until next time, goal achievers, keep progressing towards your goals and celebrate those weekly wins.